remains a 15-year-old Raynham resident, Mary this is declassified a listener note everything that follows is not suitable for children or people with no sense of humor don't like fun things or cool ladies welcome to the next episode of declassified I don't oh. know what number we're on. 17. 17! Alright, we're wow. getting there. Um, so we kind of discussed, I don't know how it came up. <laughs> Lindsay was like, well, we oh, were, I need to... Like, we were flying to Hawaii. Oh, That's she why. She was like, what fucked up things have happened on flights? And I was like, let's, let's find out. And she was like, okay. She already has a story that's personal and fantastic. I don't know what Suze did. I found a bunch of weird shit literally by googling like strangest things yes. mid-flight weirdest <laughs> can, things mid-flight can i just say that it was very funny because at work during a lunch break renee like <laughs> took five minutes to look up some stuff and i was still like typing away emails and all i heard was people banging on cockpit doors and screaming. So I was like, I don't know what you're researching, but it sounds amazing. Here's the problem. You Google that stuff and it like gives you a bunch of like, um, woman goes ballistic in airline or man is dragged off of airline. And, um, so there are these little tiny stories of like people being pissed off. I granted, I don't mind flying whatsoever, but for someone who's been trying to get across the country, if it's a stressful like holiday season, yep. um, airports and airlines are not perfect, as we all know. So it becomes stressful. People have like mental snaps. Yeah. And it's really fucked up when someone goes ballistic. Like in the only the only exit path that yep. you have is that fucking metal aisle to get <laughs> in and out of this goddamn airplane. And when some woman is screaming and has the like eyes of a demon um about how she wants to get the fuck off this flight and like the even the airline attendants are like fuck i gotta i'm i gotta go get my fucking beverage cart i don't want to deal with this bullshit it's it's incredibly scary and and crazy but those are mostly what i was finding yeah Mm. And I have an infant, and we just took him on his first flight, and there was a medical emergency mid-air. There was, like, a woman... I don't think I knew that. Oh. Yeah. Jesus Christ. These... You could tell that these people were going to be an issue when you were standing at the gate. Oh, I hate that. Just Where you can, like, like spy them right away. This family looked like they hadn't showered in days. The mother was... Uh, the matriarch was, like, on oxygen. The, like, the kids, like... It was all just a fucking cluster. And sure enough, like, halfway through the flight, all the flight attendants, like, rush to this woman, and they're bringing oxygen down to her, and um, just, like, kind of, like, you're okay, you're going to be okay, deep breaths, like, um, I'm not sure if she was, like, having hard trouble breathing or what, but basically mm-hmm. they made an announcement saying that they were going to let them off first. 
So everyone stay in their seats. That's a so nice that, little tactic. Yeah, like I think maybe I'll plan a panic <laughs> there attack you go. when yeah. I go to Hawaii. Which is also a huge pet peeve of me of mine is when like I fucking bought yep. extra money to sit in the first two rows of this flight with yeah, like with the my extra infant, right, so I could get the fuck off the plane first. Yeah, so I cannot stand it when I see people from the back of the flight like as soon Pushing. as we land. Rip off their seatbelts. We, we're still taxiing, and people are running up to the front of the I flight. I completely agree, especially the people that don't have to make another flight. Yeah. If yeah. you have to make another flight, you give and them you're late that. And like, but some of these people do not have manners at all and do not care about encroaching on your personal space. Oh, no. And, and pushing their way up forward. And you're like, Get the fuck out of here, peasant. I yeah. paid good money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And that's the first class of saying to you yeah, fuckers. I know. <laughs> okay. I know, and I don't get in their way. I sit there like the peasant that I am, yep. begging for breadcrumbs, and wait until it's my turn to get off. Not breadcrumbs, like uh, a little peanut, <laughs> a little champagne, <laughs> a little split of something. Yeah, so let us dive in. To I'm excited. Business Insiders. Oh my god, there are so many lists. I know. Strangest like happenings mid-flight. Um, number one. <laughs> More than 700 international cabin crew members told Sky Skyscanner, which is I guess is like a another article in 2013. About items, items that they found on flights after passengers oh, had disembarked. So so I'm scared. Animals accounted for several of the more unusual items on the list, including a falcon, a dried <laughs> fish, a frog, <laughs> a tortoise, and a fucking parrot. A they, dried, a dried fish. fish. Not only so those so a falcon. A fucking falcon. <laughs> How do you forget your support falcon? I was going to say, because that's another big thing I found. I know. The support, support animals. Support peacocks. Yes. Support, like, goats. Support. There was a fucking pony on a flight. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, if I get on a fucking flight and I don't see anything but a cat or a dog. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm out. out. Yeah. yeah. I'm out, man. Other items include dirty diapers, of oh, course. Yeah. Um. Like, which is so rude. Which is so super rude, right? Like, why do you have to leave a dirt? Because they probably rolled it up and put it in that fucking little mm-hmm. bin that has, like, the germs galore. And I'm like, yeah. they walk up and down the aisles all the time. Yeah, just put it in. Collecting trash. Put it in. Put it in. Put it in. That should be a new slogan. Put, put it, it in. in. That's what she said. <laughs> so well, animals. the back door, not the front. <laughs> animals on planes. So that's, like, number one. Another oddest, what's <laughs> the weirdest thing flights have ever had to do in the line of duty? A former flight attendant, Heather Wild, said that she had been asked to boil water for someone's ramen soup or to be able to use the hot water. And she said to the man who would like ramen soup, These, this water line has not been cleaned in years, if ever. And he was like, that's all right. And oh, like, my God. Because they had, like, a separate boiler for, like, coffee and tea and stuff. And he didn't want to wait for it. Oh, my God. So he was like, fuck it. He's like, I soup. really want my freaking ramen. <laughs> and I want it with germs and microbes. I really want diarrhea. Yeah, I would really love 
did that resolve itself? Like, what happened? It probably it did. It was bad. It just says that he, oh, like, made soup. Oh, my God. Gross. <laughs> so, there is also a phenomenon called clear air turbulence. And I don't know if anyone has heard of it. I hadn't heard of it before. But it is basically undetectable, a pocket of, like, calm, mm. like, standing air in the atmosphere. Which... So a plane is like pushing against, even though it's like smooth, it's you're pushing still pushing against, against like air mm-hmm. and like different Cl- currents. So um, when you hit clear, clear air turbulence, you're basically like all of a sudden like everything like fluctuates in the yeah. cabin. Oh, so like, like the pressure, fast. yeah, like and the pressure fluctuates. So like people's stomachs yeah. will like feel like they're well, falling. Yeah, and like. If anyone's standing up, they, they usually up. go up. Yeah. And a woman said that she had a flight attendant said that I was bounced between the ceiling and the floor twice and broke my foot in two places oh. when the bar cart had landed on it. Oh my! So Can it was a imagine? big enough like change in oh. air. Wow. And and the problem is is that there there's nothing to detect it. So right, there's right. no on board detection no the the pilot's pilot's just going forward and then all of a sudden you hit it yeah so she's lucky she didn't break her neck yeah at the top like hitting her head i know the wrong way i thought that's what you were gonna say um uh an uncomfortable cat accident i know (laughs) more than one fellow flight attendant who has had the uncomfortable situation of having to tell a woman that she can't breastfeed her cat wait what 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 you on more than one occasion? <laughs> you read that right. Breastfeeding, period. Uh, period. Cat, period. This is oh an isolated incident. my Ow, God. What the fuck? She says that the cat... Seriously? <laughs> like, I am, like, in shock. She says that the cat feeder's responses are always the same. I'm just feeding my baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> She, oh my god! Uh, like, I'm like trying. I know. Trying to picture that in my head is like Clawing. disturbing. And oh, it's just like my cat would, think, would be like, "What the fuck I, are you doing?" I assume that it's like a a kitten though, like a like a newborn kitten with no teeth. Those fuckers <laughs> are sharp. Like what the hell? <laughs> Can you imagine, like, no, holding no. the thing in your palm of your hand and it's just up to your nipple? Oh, my God. Can you Wait. imagine being the person that sits okay. next to you? Question. I have a question. Let this me see is, if I can answer this. this. You might be able to. Can you just randomly breastfeed at any time? Oh. Like, uh, if Renee I... being a, a woman of a lactating mom. Yeah. I, what do you mean, can you breastfeed at any time? Like, like you for breastfeed instance, if... Like, I got nipples. Can you milk me? So, like, there if, is a never-ending supply of milk when you're breastfeeding. When like, you're breastfeeding. When if when you're lactating. So, like, I couldn't just go. You couldn't go. You are not lactating. No, your your memories are not making anything right now. So it would okay. have to be a pregnant. It would have to have been someone. So what? here, but here's the thing. You your body will continue to make breast milk until you stop breastfeeding. Stop breastfeeding. That's why people can breastfeed for years, and that's why there are yeah. wet nurses. Like wet nurses never let their supply end, so they could breastfeed Which I think for is so 10, weird. 20 years. Well, oh. Which <laughs> fucking blows my mind. 
But so yeah, so Renee can milk. <laughs> so I, so I mean, I'm dried up Wait, now. Okay, so you're. Yeah. But so was that a painful process? Yeah. I mean, it's uncomfortable because your it boobs sucks. become like, hard and gorgeous, and then sucks. Oh, and there are a thing called like like um, block ducts, which are like hot I had pockets. That. Yes, of like pain and sensitive like it feels like the flu. A bruise, yeah, and you feel no, like, it feels like the flu. Yeah, you get like that's like that happened to me my first week. Nastitis oh. is a thing, which is like a flu, like where you're fucking, you're not. So anyways. Okay. Sorry, I just have a lot of questions. <laughs> I know, that's okay. So Renee could, if she wanted to. Okay, if I had been I lactating, just, I, just wanted to know I could have also put a kitten up to my nipple, <laughs> and it would have, okay. I would have breastfeed him. Okay. But I had a baby to do that. Okay. <laughs> that is the okay. story I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let's that continue. has to, like, top. Like, right? can you imagine being a flight and like, what the fuck am I doing and with my life? Yes, it's resorted general. to this. Um, <laughs> Betty, who is the Renee who is Myers. the woman that's been giving these stories, and um, Betty also <laughs> mentions that passengers tend to become more inebriated on flights to Las Vegas. No of surprise. course, yeah. In his drunken state, one passenger passed out while he was in the restroom fell backwards, and ended up on the floor with his fly still down and his private parts exposed. After much debate among the attendants <laughs> about what to do, they finally decided to get the long metal tongs that we use to serve bread in first class with to move the exposed body part back into his Oh, <laughs> He didn't feel a thing. My God. So you would think, yeah, like Can if you're shit like, I would be like, Rochambeau. Rochambeau. And it's like, you're it. I Dude, it, I'm would, not a fucking nurse. I would be like. I would just flip him over. I would just kick him. I would just flip him over. Fuck up, you idiot. I would zip your fly. I would flip him over. So his... I think I would put a napkin. Like I would just like put a napkin <laughs> over it and be like, I would take him over. <laughs> so as you just see his the back of his jeans. Oh. No thanks. Or his ass crack. Yeah, that's fine. Oh. That's better than the peen. Classic oh. um, <laughs> um, from streaking down the aisle, totally new, to falling like an axed tree. When passengers consume an unfortunate mix of ambient mm-hmm. and airplane oh, cocktails, it makes even the most normal people do very bizarre things. These folks are sleeping, which means that they think they are home, safe in their beds. Oh, when they are home, safe in their beds, they think it's perfectly acceptable to take all of their clothes off. So... <laughs> That is what happens a lot when you mix yeah. sleeping pills yeah. with yeah, the booze. Yeah, I ran across quite a few of those. Yeah. That's, it reminds me of um, Bridesmaids, Kristen Wiig. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm running it up. I'm Corey York. There have been incidences of severe fear of flying. So she had one woman... Uh, run to the front of the plane and throw herself in my closet. She thought she was going to the bathroom. She then curled up in the fetal position in the closet and started sucking her thumb. She later told me that she forgot her anxiety medicine before her flight. Oh. So I And I know there's her. like there's people that have these severe thank goodness I don't. I love flying. I love airports. I love people watching. I love flying. Um so the people that do have insane fears mm-hmm. I feel really badly for because 
you can only imagine the the drugs that they have to take to make themselves even feel good to get on a plane. I had never, I've never been scared of flying. Like I usually go to sleep before takeoff and like wake up at night. Oh, you're like, you're like Brian. I literally could fall asleep and like not even know anything happened in the flight. But this time I had my son and so I was awake the entire time and there was like a moment of like pretty intense turbulence, like nothing Nothing that I guess, like any, no one was really reacting to it. Like some people are like, ooh, ooh. Yeah. But like the flight attendants weren't like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And, but it was a strange sensation because I got really scared. Yeah, because you have your little one now. looking at my son being like, oh my God, is this the last time I'm going to see you? Right. I was like, so I, yeah, it was like this like scared moment. Because before I'd be like, oh, fuck, if I die, I die. So (laughs) you're like, another cocktail, please. yeah. Give me another round. Yeah. I'm going down with the best of them. Yeah. And then I looked down and I was like, no, I don't want you to die. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. So I feel like so I, I've never experienced like that fear of flying, but like that must be something of like right. yeah. what people are. 100%. Yeah. So the lady ended up in the closet sucking so she your thumb. <laughs> Which, like, that's sad. It is. Yeah. Also, sort of endearing in a weird way. Like, <laughs> Oh, you're I would be like, Tuesday. oh, you poor thing. Do you want to oh. play that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last, uh, the last of of them is, um, I haven't seen this, but I have, a fl- but I did have flight attendants tell me about blood dripping from an overhead because, <laughs> like, during a flight, because because someone was bringing a goat's head from the Caribbean islands. <laughs> That was before TSA and all their security procedures <laughs> were put in place. But it was the craziest thing that a woman had said in her 13 years experience as a flight what attendant. The it's probably like a superstition or a good luck yeah. thing from a different yeah. culture. And no. Or it was like, too expensive to like have a, to ship a goat's head. And they were like, I'm bringing my goat's head. I ain't getting one yeah. in the United States. Yes. And like it. no, like sitting there and having it like drip on you. Ew. Oh my god! I well, we would also think immediately body parts. Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, those were awesome. <laughs> yeah, those were awesome. Renee, he did it justice. So I focused on just a couple of stories. Um, so I'll just just dive right in. Uh, I went through a lot of stories, but this one really took the cake. My mother was a flight attendant for 26 years. The strangest thing that happened to her, besides the frequent, Sir, please, you have to stop mis- masturbating, was an elderly woman <laughs> See, who... Get- weird shit. I'm I, know. I know. Who was an elderly woman who got rolled on the plane with her granddaughters, who were in their 20s. She got rolled? On a wheelchair? She was on, in a wheelchair. Oh, I'm like, did she get like rolled? Like, like rolled as a dead body or rolled like she got mugged? <laughs> like, not following. Rolled on. She's in a wheelchair. Okay, thank you. <laughs> she got rolled. I know. Moses are hitting us. Good. Oh, no. I'm just expecting. Is that like, even a thing? When you get rolled? I've never heard that. Yeah, it's like mugged. You can oh. be a rip roll. Okay. <laughs> That's a different thing. <laughs> That's a never going to be <laughs> Uh, my mom immediately noticed something was off, as people in wheelchairs need to be taken on the plane ahead of time. 
The granddaughters would not leave her, not so weird, but the grandma was asleep so she couldn't answer any questions. Eventually, they tried to get her on the plane with much convincing from the granddaughters. Turns out, halfway through the flight, they discover the woman is dead. The do- the granddaughters <laughs> do, or the, pe- like... The staff on the plane. The granddaughters knew she was fucking dead. They didn't want... It was weekend at Bernie's. They didn't want to, like, ship her, because it's probably way more expensive. So they're like, $600 for an air ticket, or 1200 for the bottom. Yeah. Truly, that is exactly what happened. When the plane landed, everyone... Everyone got interrogated to make sure she died naturally, and it turned out the granddaughters knew the whole time and were just trying to get her to America because moving dead bodies internationally oh, is yeah. difficult. They almost <laughs> got away with it if it wasn't for those meddling flight attendants. <laughs> so I was like, not having seen that movie, National Lampoon, I was like, that's fucking crazy, and tried to look further into it. Like, into this particular case. But yeah. then when I Googled women try to get their dead grandmother on a plane, like, <laughs> another story pops up. <laughs> Which is like, what? I'm sorry. It's kind I'd of rather be only one, one of these. There's, it's kind of awesome, though, when you think about it. Because you're like, I'm not going to pay a shit ton it's, for this. And I'm going to have to get all these papers to get get her on here. So we're just going to pretend grandma's sleeping. If you're de- like if you have no money, yes. And, and you got to do what you got to do. Who knows? Why is it illegal? It's just a dead body. Right. As long as it's not like yeah, I'm like as long as it's not emanating odors. No, like I, but the guy who, tried to who can go details. to the Chinese like hot walk and bring it on the plane and eat his fucking <laughs> smelly ass dinner right next to you. That's that probably that's worse than there dead was grandma. another story that a plane was rerouted for someone who took an awful poop. <laughs> oh, and the smell are you was, The smell was so me? bad that they rerouted the plane to I land think earlier. That would yes. be could possibly be my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when you said earlier that something we were talking about someone who's been a little grumpy lately, and you were like. Who crawled up their ass and died? I'm like, that's how I feel every time my boyfriend lets one loose. Like, <laughs> I think that something is seriously wrong. Well, then you obviously are in love I, if you're still sticking around listen, for smelly assholes. And signing up for a 12-hour plane ride. Yes. Give him some Beano before you go. Seriously. Yeah. No cauliflower or broccoli or anything yes. for a No Brussels week. sprouts. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a personal story, which I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. <laughs> I think I know where you're going. I don't, I don't know, but my friend Sarah and I and, like, our husbands, we all, her family is from Ireland, and we took a flight to Ireland. And in the airport, she's like, you know you can fart in an airplane and you can't smell it. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, you could totally like let it loose and you won't be able to smell it. That's it's bullshit. So mean. It, well, I found that out mid-flight. <laughs> was she punking you? I pair. She was like, I, so I, I didn't feel great. Yeah. No one things, does on an airplane. On yeah, an airplane. Things happen. Your bodily and- functions, your ears are popping, your ass is popping, obviously. <laughs> Sphincters were opening and closing all over the place. <laughs> and then I was like, I was like, oh, I can smell it. <laughs> were you like, ah. and Sarah's behind me and she's like, you asshole. She like laughed at me. Yeah. 
So, yeah, just that is <laughs> Well, if you've ever flown on a um, red eye, the entire plane smells like farts because what happens is people go to sleep uh, and yeah. think of how many people like mm-hmm. to in their sleep. So a whole plane of that, besides the fact of people peeing when they're half awake and then seriously, there's pee all over oh. the place and then stepping in it and walking through the plane. So oh. the red eye is the worst because it smells like piss and it's farts. Gross. Good so, tip though. Exactly. There you go. Don't take a red eye home with your boyfriend. Sometimes. Because that they're not worth it though. They are not worth it. (laughs) For the smell alone, they should be cheaper. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The only red eye though that I have taken was for work. Um, that was great because I was sitting next to a a gentleman who looked like Andre three thousand from um (laughs) the outcast. And he smelled so lovely. And oh, there was, really? There was, he did. And there was no one in between us. And I was so tired. And he's like, you can pull the arm up and just sleep. And he wasn't, like, creepy yeah. at all or anything. And I was like. Little do you know, he was just, like, caressing <laughs> your head while you slept. And I was like, thank you so much. I'm like, this is the best red eye. I, when I woke up, I just smelled his cologne or whatever. And I okay. didn't smell like, it didn't smell like farts or That's piss. great. But I'm hoping for that. I'm just going to be my boyfriend in Cologne. There you go. Do that. There you go on the flight. So, um, this is a different story. Um, staff became suspicious when they tried to check in 91-year-old Kurt Willie Gerrant, who was wearing sunglasses for a flight <laughs> to Berlin. <laughs> he was hungover. <laughs> the woman, his Literally wife, at Berlin, <laughs> yeah. lit a I didn't know this was a thing. I, like, truly just never thought about it. See, this is why weird things on planes is fun. Yeah. So, the wife and stepdaughter said they thought he was asleep. They were arrested on suspicion of failing to give notification of death. Police said the pair, who are German nationals but live in Oldham, Greater Manchester in the UK, um, have been released on bail. It is understood they took Mr. Durant to the airport in a taxi, asked to describe her late husband, who she called Willie. Jita Garrett said, he was the best man of the world. He was a good man. I did not kill my Willie. My Willie is my God. Which is a little weird. <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> so about practicing. <laughs> yeah. Ayo. Uh, I have loved my Willie for 22 years, is what she said. Mr. Duran's stepdaughter added, I wish you loved my Willie. I know. They would think that for 28 hours, we would carry a dead person. This is ridiculous. He was moving. He was breathing. Eight people saw him. And so the stepdaughter, this is like, like, of course we didn't know he was dead. Um... So the they said the stepfather suffered from Alzheimer's and had been treated in hospital for pneumonia. They had waited until he was better before booking a ticket to travel to his native Germany. They said he was released from hospital. He was fine. If he was not fine, the hospital wouldn't have released him, which is actually true. Uh, he was alive. He was pale, but he wasn't dead. Um... <laughs> He was in the process so, of dying. He was just the exactly. hospital was like, Almost we need to We, we are taking him off. I mean, I could maybe see that 
sort of happening if you are, like, he was in his 90s in a wheelchair. Like, you think he might be asleep. He's pale because he's been in the hospital for right. a long time. Like, they all look like that. Right. And their blood pressure would be slow. And inc- right. It plane, is plausible. Is, but his fucking <laughs> But the sunglasses. His blood pressure is a flat And he's he a little sleep. low. <laughs> and he's not blinking. It's been three yeah. minutes since his heart beat again. <laughs> he keeps not talking, though. Right. He's not blinking. Um, so then I found a really creepy story. And I'm just going to read it from... Verbatim? Yeah. So, I'm a flight attendant myself, and I've been so for the past few years. I know we usually feel safe being in a cabin full of passengers, but this is my story. I work for a national airlines that mostly operated regional destinations. Mostly we use single-aisle airplanes. There's only two galleys, the front galley and back. Um, the front front galley is close to the cockpit and thus has an installed CCTV there for the pilots to monitor activities around the cockpit door. So that ha- that was like a change they made after 9-11. Um, during a flight at cruising altitude, the captain called the, called the leading, which... The head flight attendant? Yeah. yeah. Uh, asking why do they let two little kids play? Why are they letting two little kids play in front of the cockpit door? The B seven thirty seven is a small plane with the cockpit door close to the crew seats. Leading with another crew sitting at the crew seats, lead so the lead flight attendant yeah. with the with another crew member <coughs> sitting at the co- crew seats denied any kids playing near the seat er- near the area. But the captain insisted he could actually see two kids, a boy and a girl, playing in front of the door through the CCTV. At this point, the lead flight attendant was not too happy, thinking that their pilots were, like... Thinking that she was doing Pulling pranks on them. Oh. Like, they thought they were just pulling a prank. And then the captain just let it go and never said anything to them again. When they touched down and got to the hotel, the captain pulled the lead um, flight attendant aside with his first officer... And insisted to know if the uh, crew members really didn't see the two kids playing there. She said that they didn't. And that because the plane was so small that they would have they would have noticed them and never would have missed them. Right. Um, so both pilots went blank and they said they had both seen the kids playing right beside both of the flight attendants and wondered why they let them there. Um. And it's the, weird that both the pilots and saw the first it. Officer. And yeah. Yeah. the first CCT. officer yeah. also said. But like, also that the leading and another crew member were like, like no. no. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, so because it was so late, the um, the leading like flight attendant didn't want to scare her crew and decided to keep it to herself, uh, only asking that the crew was with her like, didn't, they didn't, she didn't ask, like, them, like, did you see anything? She just was like, you were there w- with me at this time, right? Mm-hmm. So she didn't want, because she didn't want to scare anyone. Yeah. But um, no one knows this day if who what it was, kids, who those kids are, what they were. Who died on that flight. Yeah. I wonder if it was Cousin at Bernie's and Mrs. Cousin at Bernie's <laughs> who were, like, back to their little kid self. <laughs> like, we were dead when we were brought <laughs> on this plane. 
Oh my goodness. So the fun continues um, with Scare in the Airs. Um, Scare in the Air. Can that be our so, episode title? Of course. Yes. So I have a personal story um, that was very weird and being that I was uh, 13 years old when this happened, I remember it very well. And because my mind works in crazy ways, I was like, this would make such a good movie. But um, I will start from what happened. And I have the actual legal documents in front of me. I was going to say. It's very, it's very cool from the fact that Cheryl and I have said this before, that we've wanted to be lawyers. And so I kind of feel like a fake lawyer right now. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. Um, the plaintiff. Roger, I will not give last names on this. Um, he's my dad, and he <laughs> was also a he is also a lawyer, was a lawyer. He's retired now. But on March fourteenth, nineteen eighty eight, he was a passion passenger on American Airlines flight that departed from Europe en route to Los Angeles with a stopover in Chicago. He was traveling with his friend Stanley Wells, also a lawyer. And Sharon Van Tassel and Phil Maiden, which is kind of false. He wasn't, they didn't know each other. They became friendly, like, when they were on the flight. But Sharon Van Tassel was a lawyer and part-time judge. So we're dealing with three lawyers. And Phil Maiden was a doctor. Um, they were had all been on a ski vacation in Europe, Stan and Roger separately, and Sharon and Phil together. So when Roger was departing the aircraft, he and his friend Stan were stopped at the door of the airplane and detained by several gentlemen in plain clothes and one officer wearing a Chicago Police Department jacket. Hmm. That um, Roger and Stan were advised that they were both being detained and that they were not free to leave. Roger and Stan were handcuffed and taken out of the airplane to the tarmac beneath and transported to the holding area in O'Hare Airport. To, for two or three hours, they were not advised for what crimes they were being charged and told they were under arrest. Um, so they weren't told they were under arrest, what they were being charged for, or given their rights. After several hours, an FBI agent came to the holding area and interrogated them about what had occurred. Federal agents then advised both employees of American Airlines and City of Chicago that there was no basis for charges and that the federal government, the FBI, was not going to press charges against these guys. They were subsequently charged in the Circuit Court of Cook County with disorderly conduct pursuant to a complaint signed by Herbert Brick, the head of security. What Mr. Brick falsely stated was that Roger and Stan had incited a food fight in the flight and that what? Yeah, and that Phil and Sharon were engaged in a sexual act. <laughs> and further falsely stated that the Roger was encouraging them to perform this sex act. What? <laughs> like believe me, as a 13-year-old, I was completely <laughs> confused. They were held under arrest until they were released about 11 p.m. that night, and thus Roger was in custody of either American Airlines Security or Chicago Police for six hours. Several employees of American Airlines and police 
of City of Chicago falsely stated to agents of the FBI that Roger and his friend Stan were voyeurs engaged in a food fight what? and threatened members of the plane crew and disrupted the air, airplane flight. There was no probable cause or factual basis for any of these accusations against the plaintiff, which they found out later. My dad was subject to public ridicule, contempt, hatred, and scorn. And it is true that extensive media coverage resulted in um, Roger and Stan to be placed in a false light and suffering an invasion of privacy and, and embarrassment. The incident was picked up and reported by the United Press International Wire Service and articles ran in the plaintiff's hometown papers in addition to Chicago newspapers. So, Westerville had their uh, yes. day in the sun. Yes. So <laughs> what happened, I, I will get into the rest of this, but I remember that my mom yelled for me um, one day <coughs> and said, I am not talking to your father. And she dropped the phone. She didn't hang it up, but she dropped the phone on the bed. And I get on the phone, and my dad's like, Lindsay, listen to me carefully. He's like, I need you to tell mom this is not a joke, because my dad's a big prankster, to call Steve. And a lawyer, obviously. Apparently. Yeah. And call Steve, and which is his friend that was also an attorney, a defense attorney, and get me and Stan out of here. And... So he tells me, yes, because my dad always was like, so she thought he was just like wanting a couple more days on vacation or whatever it was. So I hung up and I was like, mom, dad is serious. And she was like, what? So she didn't believe that was his one phone call. (laughs) And she didn't believe him. This happened. We kind of kept it in between our family. My mom went to work and slowly people started finding out. We didn't tell anybody because it was embarrassing. One. And two, my dad kept claiming it was false, but my mom's like a little piece of her was like, is it? Is it? <laughs> and so my mom started, it started leaking at her school where she was a teacher and it started leaking all over news cycles. Mm-hmm. And then my Nana and Papa called my mom and it was in the San Francisco Chronicle. What? And they were like, do you have something to tell us? And it named my dad by name and all these people by name. So, as it leaked, like, Oprah, I was like, we had one chance to be on Oprah. Um, Oprah, Matt Lauer, a bunch of famous people called our house trying to get my dad and Stan and Phil and Sharon on the show. And especially it was interesting that Oprah wanted to do it because that was in Chicago where this whole thing happened. And my dad's like, no, I want this to go away. Like, I'm, he was pissed because being a lawyer, like, he was illegally detained. He was treated really shitty. Your reputation scorned. So he was just mad. And then it kept, like, the, the media outlets kept blowing up the story. If I was your dad, I would have wanted I would have wanted to go out and tell my side of the story. So would I. But yeah. he just, he, he didn't. Was so he was so mad. He didn't. And so March 17th, there was a bunch of articles that I will read highlights of um, that named him by name. There was, they felt it was an active invasion of privacy and that the media enjoyed and embellished the so-called story. So they decided to sue American Airlines, United Press International, 
Capital Cities Media and the American Broadcasting System. I was like, oh, that would have been really good for my... Uh, <laughs> yes. And Paul Harvey, um, because he also reported on it. So my dad and his friend and the other couple um, hired an all-female law firm to do this case, and they let the statute of limitations run out. So they couldn't recover the damages that they sought and so then there was like a case within a case. So then they had to get another law firm to sue this law firm because you could no longer sue all the people that wronged you. That's such a pain in the fucking ass. No joke. So what happened was there was a 13-year-old on the plane with her mom. And the 13-year-old supposedly came to her mom and described a sex act and the mom told the flight attendant and the flight attendant went up to tell the captain and on the flight her boyfriend was an air marshal and he was on that flight and he said don't worry babe I've got this I'll take care of it so he's the one that in put the kibosh yeah, on this sex act. Exactly. And the thing is, is that all the flight attendants and other people have said that this is not, like, a sex act is not unusual. Like, on the plane, think of the Mile High Club, all that stuff. Like, people in bathrooms in the flight. But this didn't happen. So that was, like, the worst, like, possible thing because this judge and this doctor were were more defamed because they were the ones accused of sex, the sex act. And then my dad and his friend were accused of being voyeurs and inciting a riot, basically, which never even happened. So one of the papers picked up, um, there was the Sacramento Bee, uh, which was Cuddle on the Jet, Lance Placer Company in jail, food fight ensues. And it was just like everybody, like, Food, sex, flying, right? all of my three favorite right? things. Mm-hmm. A prominent Placer County couple say they were only cuddling up on their flight from Europe. They certainly weren't prepared for what greeted them in Chicago. After a 13-year-old passenger told her mom she saw them having sex. Thus began a two-day odyssey for this couple that included a night in jail, a oh near-miss in court, um, involved the FBI, and... This is crazy. Right, and it was, it, like... It was an escalation from one girl making it up to her mom, to a flight attendant, to an air marshal who wanted to be like the hero of the day, probably saw one too many movies, mm-hmm. and was like, we're going to get this case. And it's like, they had sex if if they did, which they didn't, but if they did, that still isn't like... Anything, yeah, it's like... The Chicago police, it was in the air, so really, it's FBI... But when they landed, they were in Chicago, so the Chicago police got involved, but they really didn't have any jurisdiction. They didn't know what the fuck happened. No. So, um... I like that, but it ends, like, the flight attendant's like, sex is not, like, unheard of. Unheard of. Right. In in the flight. So, it said that the um, couple decided to get some sleep because the in-flight movie, FX, which is kind of funny, didn't interest them. 
um, the wife's head was resting on his chest, and that was it. And this was complete fantasy of a young girl that is completely uncooperated. It's ridiculous. It was broad daylight. There were people were walking around, um, and they were like, even at home, were very, like they were conservative, and they're even at home, were careful around our kids. So this would never ever happen. So um, and like the thing is like okay, to actually have sex, yeah, in your seats, you have to. You can. Like, well, you have to sit any, on top of yeah, them. Yeah, with anyone else around would yeah. know that, like, something was happening. Right. Yeah. Like. Right. And if it was just, like, a hand up underneath a blanket as you're cuddling it's, up to yeah. a movie. Mind your own business, kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it Which happens a lot. Which happens a lot. So, um. Oh, and so the other thing was custom officials. So I was telling Renee this when I was doing my research that my dad's suitcase came back with it like completely slashed on the inside. So I think what they were trying to do is since they didn't have a case at all, they were like, well, maybe it's a drug case, like fabricating a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. And because they found Valium pills in the doctor's um, bag because he had a bad back, and they were a prescription for him, then it was, they just assumed it was going to be a drug case too. Mm -hmm. So my dad and his friend Stan were arrested. Um, They insist that there was nothing that happened. Um, The the flight attendants, um, the only interaction they had with the flight attendants is that they were asked if they wanted anything to drink. So they think it's the most bizarre series of events, and the FBI had jurisdiction over the case, but then even after they interviewed my dad and Stan, they were like, there's nothing here. Yeah. So completely bizarre, historical. And you didn't even get any money out of it. No. Which is fucked. It is. That's why I was like, I'm writing a script. I was telling Renee that I did write the first act of a script for my USC final. And I can't find the fucking thing oh, because no. I'm sure it was like typed on a dinosaur computer oh, in a USC library that I was like, I can't find it. And it was an A plus. So I was like, I actually knew what I was doing back then. So I was like, okay, I need to find that. We need to and find it. We need to make yeah. it back. Yeah. So it has been a interesting thing in our lives that I – I constantly ask my dad about to this day because I just think it's so interesting of how this whole thing happened. I was three lawyers and, um, well, two lawyers, a judge, and a doctor. So, crazy shit on airplanes, friends. Okay, let's move to the fucks we give. Yeah, Yeah, I'll go first. So this weekend is the Oscars tomorrow night. And um, I, I haven't recently, watched anything. I haven't either. Yeah, I haven't watched too many, but I tried to get in as many as I could. But Jesus. Oh, God, Renee. <laughs> it's the sinus infection. I'm really just not up on my on my game today. But um, yeah. So I did an interview uh, yesterday morning with. A writer, a female filmmaker, writer, uh, and editor uh, for NewEnglandFilm.com. And oh, fun. She, she's pretty brilliant, and we were talking a lot about, like, 
the lack of women in, in film and media and how we've not been able to get representation in larger studios. So we've been, you know, finding ways to make creative content in other ways, like in web series and documentaries and, um, you know, experimental films. And, and it just is, it's relevant because this weekend's the Oscars and mm -hmm. to remember to support women in film and media because it's really important that women get an equal say in their creative process. I completely agree. So I have one that's really serious. On Friday, I had a family therapist appointment and we have them like every four weeks and I don't go to them all the time. But this winter was really kind of like a crazy time for my family and my brother because he's battling addiction and he's been making bad choices and it's, it was just a clusterfuck like the entire like from Halloween all the way until Christmas it was like all over the place and the culmination was that he found himself homeless in Chicago and um he like through God knows what like found work in Chicago doing God knows what did I don't you know. know he was going there we we had had a, another, we had had a family meeting in, um, like a therapist meeting in early December and he was like not good at all. And he was like, basically like, fuck you guys. I actually don't care because I'm leaving for Chicago because I met people that have work out there wow. and I don't give a fuck and I can do all the drugs that I want. And I don't have to listen to you guys. Yep. So that he left and he came back on Christmas Day to basically, like, close up his apartment that he had in, um, like, close to my parents' house. And then he went back out there, and by, like, New Year's Day, I think my mom had said, like, I hope you had a good New Year's. And he was like, I actually am, like, not doing well. I'm homeless. Like, if I, if I come home, would you pick me up from the airport and take me to a uh, rehab? And my mom said that, yes, she would like, but that he had to find the bed, and he had to, like, tell her where to bring him, and if he didn't have anywhere to go, then she was going to drop him off at a homeless shelter in Boston. So he did three weeks at a rehab facility, and he's, um, been going to, like, three NA meetings a day, and, like, doing the sober house thing, and we had, like, a decent family therapy session on Friday yesterday and he was like I know I fucked up I want to hear how you guys feel like I fucked up and like I know that like I have character flaws that I have to work on like vocabulary that I haven't heard him use mm -hmm. ever if and if not for like really long time so I still told him that like it's going to take a long time to repair the relationship so that if I'm not like super open arms it's not that I'm still mad at him I'm just like cautious right you're not you're <clears throat> I'm There's a lack of trust. Yeah. You're trying to protect your family and yeah. yourself. Yeah. And he was like, I totally respect that. So it was a good, it was a good mm -hmm. therapy meeting. Good. And I suggest. I'm glad you went. Yeah. I'm really glad I went too. And like for everyone out there that's struggling with addiction, like don't be scared to put up the boundaries that you need to help yourself. And I know it's hard if you have a family, another like part of the family that just wants to open arm, like accept like, when an addict is doing good, like, does it mean that you have to, like, totally jump on board? You can, like, set healthy boundaries for yourself. 
and you know my mom wanted him to come over to our house the other day to see Colin and I told my mom that I wasn't ready for that and that I needed to see him at like a therapy session with like a mediator mm-hmm. um and it was really it was good so he has not met Colin he met Colin like a long time like when he was first born okay. but he hasn't seen Colin in a, in a long time yep. um and I just think it's like one of those things where I'm just like it's just slowly, baby steps yeah like baby yeah. steps yeah um, and the other thing is that I've been watching Lorena on Amazon video and it is good. It is good. I have two more episodes to get through. Um, fuck John Bobbitt. He is a piece of shit and like good for her for chopping off that abusive penis and throwing it out a window. Yep. It is the one of the craziest stories it's, known to man. Like I don't who, remember it. Everyone I, that I do because you guys were little, but Cheryl and I were older and it like I remember that. I'm like, "Oh my god, thinking about, you know, a bazillion years we've all lived through and women have been um subjected to their husbands' whims, a lot of them." And that this hadn't happened before is right. also crazy. Right. And People like, get, went nuts. like, and like thinking of chopping it off, like the actual act, like Ugh. you'd have to be so mad and have thought about it too, because yeah. I'm so I scared. Ugh, like, <laughs> I think I would have just been like, and then it'd be like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. And like, they're not gentle in the documentary. Like it's graphic. Wow. Like graphic. So they, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know much about it before I watched the documentary. Like, I feel like I've heard things like jokes made about it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, women, women like went like nuts. Like they were like, we've, someone's finally done what a lot of us have always wanted wanted to do. And it was like on the heels of like, um, another, um, Anita, What's her name? Anita like, Hill? Yeah. She, mm-hmm. like, they had just lost that battle, and, like, that judge was, like, put, like, sworn in. Yeah. And she, you know. With, like, judge Clarence Thomas. Yeah. yeah. You guys were really in when that Yeah. Happened. It was, like, so Lorena Bobbitt chopped off her penis, her husband's penis in 93. Yeah. And I was six. So I don't, and, like, it's, like, funny, because the documentary, too, is, like, this is the first time, like, major networks are using the word penis. Yeah. Like, true. Penis had not made its debut in, like, mainstream media. <laughs> like, you know. That's what she said. <laughs> but, but you're right. Like, like, a penis and then the door opened for, like, I remember the first time you heard bitch on TV. Like, yeah. you know. Ass. And, so it's, I'm waiting. I'm like, we're going to watch the other two episodes. But, um, I, you know, I can only imagine this poor. She's like, a name of, you know. Is Jason watching this one? Yeah. <laughs> And then he's like, you're, I feel like I, whenever I'm watching, I kind of embody or I get like mad about, and I'm like, I swear to God, if you ever fucking touch me, I'll rip your penis right off. And he's like, Renee, I have never. Yeah, I know. Calm down. And he's the nicest person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I was like, just remember that. I know. It's so funny. So speaking of watching good things, so I was, um, had been DVRing a show but I hadn't heard a lot about it in the media, so I was like, maybe it's kind of a flop. But it, it's called I Am the Night, and oh, it's yeah, on TNT, that. and uh, Chris Pine is in it. And I didn't really know that much about it 
before I started watching it, which is probably good. And I just knew that it was about the Black Dahlia case. And my husband and I watched the first episode together and it is a little bit slow, but it's so interesting. And I thought he was going to be like, I hate this. You can watch it on your own because there's a lot of shows that it started out <laughs> like that. We just try and watch it together. And he's like, no, this is not me. And he really likes it. And so then somehow I was looking for a new podcast to listen to on the way to work. And because oh, yeah. I had caught up on everything else. Root of Evil. And Root of Evil is the daughter, the real daughters of Fauna Hodel. And they have used like her manuscript that she wrote. And Fauna in real life became friends with Patty Jenkins, who directed um, Wonder, Wonder Woman. And on the set of Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins and Chris Pine decided that they needed to make this movie or a movie or TV series. And Chris Pine probably does one of his best jobs acting. Yeah. It's He is so freaking good. He's hysterical. He shows empathy. He shows, you know, it's it's just really interesting. He it's plays, like outside of what I, like, envision Chris Pine. Yeah. He like plays totally a totally disgraced. Yes, sure. he is. And he plays a disgraced... Um, uh, journalist. journalist and Slash Vietnam War veteran. Yeah, and he was disgraced because he was the one that broke the news that George Hodel, the grandpa of Fauna, or the dad of Fauna, no, the grandpa, grandpa of Fauna, um, was probably the killer of the Black Dahlia. And watching the show and listening to the podcast in conjunction. Mm-hmm is so interesting because it's it's different because you're listening to the real life root of evil podcast is the real is the daughters and how the real son of George Hodel became a police officer and try and wrote a book and tr- proved or tried to prove that his dad was the killer of the black dahlia Ooh. which is like now I want to read that book mm-hmm. but it's just it's so interesting and it it does it makes the watching the show now too more interesting to me yeah and so I've been telling Brian about the podcast and telling him stories as before we start watching the next episode so it's really it's it's really good if I you're watched into the first that. episode on your recommendation yeah I like it but then I fucking Lorna came out and I was like mm-hmm. Lorena Lorena sorry <laughs> it's not Lorna. Lorna it's not Lorna I have an aunt Lorna <laughs> Lorena Okay, so that uh, wraps up another great episode of Declassified. If we do say so ourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're modest over here. Um, please rate, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, we are on all the social media. Declassified is with a Y. And watch out for that next airplane ride. You have no idea what's going to be next to you or above you. Above you. Oh, guys. Or why you'll be arrested. <laughs> guys, will you bail me out if I get arrested? Keep, keep it classy, yeah. Susie. Okay, thanks. <laughs>